Holy moly, kids. I, I don't know where to start. Uh, wow. That was the most eventful commercial break in my 32 years of children's programming here at uh, Miss Pipper's Funhouse. Uh, during the break, it came to light that Perry the pilot had tweeted in support of Policeman Bill, which uh, apparently made some of our junior staffers feel unsafe. So um, I, I guess we're going to say goodbye to, to Perry the pilot. Yeah, there he goes. Oh man, this is this is happening so fast. Uh, th- then amidst that chaos, uh, Randy Panda uh, produced some photos of Miss Pipper dressed as Diana Ross at, at a Halloween party in 1992. Uh, I-, I guess she took some liberties with makeup. So Miss Pipper is taking a little vacation, uh, ho- hopefully temporary. Uh, this is her fun house after all. And just so you know, uh, Mr. Morrison uh, shut down his general store uh, because uh, some of the mommies on Pumpernickel Boulevard uh, accused him of profiting on the backs of the marginalized. So um, so he said he was too old for this stuff and uh, and he, he closed the shop and, and called it quits. So um, that kind of leaves me, Scientist Steve, with the, uh, with the show to handle. And uh, I'll be honest... Um, I'm not willing to lie to you kids about immutable biological character. You're listening to Questionable Material, produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com. Centers for Disease Control. Hi, I was wondering about the coupon you guys were offering today. Yeah, uh, we have a coupon. It is a buy one mask, get one mask free. So you can have two masks that you can wear at the same time, which makes the masks work much better. The efficacy is much higher. That's interesting. And that's why what we're saying is you should wear a mask, a single mask. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, we're, we still do that, but I'm... Why? Because you guys had told me to do so. We're recommending to not even bother wearing masks because it's just uh, the virus is so, t- so small. And until it gets bigger and more catchable, uh, the, the, the masks don't really help. <laughs> are we talking about the COVID virus? Yes, we are. This COVID-19, which is very contagious. So don't uh, purchase any masks. You don't need to wear them. They don't work. And that's why you need two. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like you give me very different advice. Thank you. Now, remember, you wear three, two on the front, one on the back. Right. Wear six to 12 masks. If you have that many masks on, people will socially distance themselves from you and give you a a wide berth. You're the CDC, right? Yes. There's a a long pause. Was there, uh, did my cell phone break up or why did you pause so long? I mean, I, I technically, I work at the CDC uh, as a janitor. Uh, it's after hours. The phone rang. I answered it. And I, I kind of went with what I remember them saying. Why are you answering the phone? The phone rang. And I thought here was an opportunity for me to do some good in the world by letting people know they should or shouldn't wear a mask. Okay. I, I feel like you may not be all that different than the regular person who answers the phone. Now, this is Dr. Fauci. <laughs> 
So, Brian, did you have a nice Valentine's Day? I did. Did you? Huge relief. I did. Um, my son, who's nine years old. Uh, not a fan. It, I know you're not a fan. Um, I mean, he tries his best. I mean, yeah, he's, he's it's not good enough. Boy. Yeah, whatever you say that. I, I, I see something different. What do you see in him? I mean, it's, it's kind of demonic, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's just sort of a harmless uh, little guy. He just um, like plays video games and likes his friends. Yeah, I like his friends. Okay. All right. I'm not a, a fan of him. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue that. Let's further. agree to disagree. Uh, yeah. You, that's, you, that's you love him. I, I'm, I just, you know, I, it sickens me. It, 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 he sickens you. Oh my God. Yeah. Man. You really passionate about this kid. Uh, yeah. I mean, that explains the bathroom. Well, I don't understand the bathroom comment. Well, there's pictures of him all over the bathroom. This is his, just so that when I, and brushing my teeth, I get so angry and agitated that I really scrub the enamel uh, on my teeth so well. I have my, it looks like I just went to the dentist every day. Uh, I, well, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, we're on a video call right now and it's, and your teeth are, uh, they're almost blinding. Yeah. That's because I, I loathe your child so much that when I see his picture hanging above the mirror in the bathroom, I, I am such an aggressive brusher. That uh-huh. there's not, there's not even the tiniest bit of plaque on my teeth. And I, I'm a coffee drinker. Yeah. I, I like red wine. And you have blueberry paste toothpaste, right? I use blueberry paste. I don't even use fluoride. I use uh, the, the antioxidant properties, but blueness of blueberries mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. should, uh, should stain my teeth blue. And there, I'm such an aggressive brusher because of your son's picture that my teeth are, they, people call me moon face. That's how bright it is. You're looking at my son's picture. Yeah. Like, you know, what about when you're using other uh, uh, facilities within your bathroom? Like, let's say when you're, you know, maybe defecating. Well, uh, we had some problems. The toilet's broken now. Uh, so <laughs> we just go directly to the hole in the floor. Gosh, what happened? The, the toilet shattered. It was, there was such extreme force exerted upon it. Uh, that the ceramics gave and I found myself sitting on the floor and it was hideous and it just made me hate your child even more <laughs> because you took such an angry dump that it, it, it shot out like a missile and destroyed your toilet. Exactly. It was worse than an M80. <laughs> God, what is poor kid? Yeah. Man, and, and how many pictures, and, and you have pictures of him, like, not just in the bathroom, all around the house? I do, yep. How does it affect things in the kitchen? Well, uh, in the kitchen, I uh, diced uh, vegetables so small with such aggression. And my wife will be like, what happened to that red pepper you were supposed to cut up? And I'm like, it's right there. But I cut it up in such a fury that the atoms split. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You, you hate this kid so much. Yeah, I do. What and 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 you and you said you have a nice framed picture of him um, hugging uh, hugging his cat uh, by your bedside. I do, yeah. Which normally, you know, I I don't want my friends having a picture of a nine, my nine year old son by their bedside, but but you have one. How how does that affect whatever goes on in your bedroom? Well, I had it, mm-hmm. you know, I had it made into a canvas photo, which I then uh, taped to a boxing ball, and and I <laughs> I punch it. Uh, for 20 to 30 minutes straight. And then I'm so exhausted. I collapse and have the deepest sleep 
you can ever imagine. That's nice. Every night. That is so nice. Yeah. Well, my wife doesn't agree because it wakes her up. Oh, so you do this, you do this after she's asleep. Yeah. Cause usually she goes to bed first and then I'll, I'll climb in, you know, an hour or hour and a half later and then just start wailing on that photo of your son uh, and screaming. I mean, it's the screaming that really wakes her. <laughs> Obviously the punching doesn't help. Um, but it, it's the yelling, it's the cursing. And then, uh, and then I fall asleep and I sleep soundly and, and she tends to be wired for another 30 to 40 minutes. Well, I imagine that can't be a nice thing to hear as a, when you're startled awake. Yeah. Well, like the other night she was dreaming of Russell Crowe and I, I woke her and, uh, and then she fell asleep and dreamt about Trevor Noah. <laughs> well, I mean, at least she's getting thinner. She's not getting thinner because she has a picture of your son on the refrigerator. <laughs> oh no. And when she sees that, she she'll say like I'm just going to eat myself to death and then just whips open the refrigerator and starts eating everything in there. What? So she hates him too? Oh my god. Yeah, with a passion. Jesus, poor kid. Uh, well, your wife's tiny. She probably weighs 110 pounds. What like what? And she's 240 now and it's it's, it's because yeah, we were going to have some friends over. And she had four loaves of this wonderful bread from a, a nearby bakery. And then she sure. saw the picture of your son on the refrigerator. And those loaves of bread were gone in about 12 minutes. Tiny little Polish woman. Yeah. Form, formerly tiny. And that's one of the reasons I hate your son. He, he compelled my wife to, to eat herself. She's immobile. She can't move. And how many pounds did you say she was? She's now 310 since we've been talking. No. Yeah, I can hear her downstairs. She's cursing. And she won't stop eating. Oh my gosh. She, the coffee table, she's pulled up to the sofa and it's now a belly table. She lies on the sofa and she rests her stomach on the coffee table. Just because she's so angry. Yeah. She's in a, she just, she loathes your son. And I, you know, I, obviously I understand it. Most of the people around here understand it. Um, <laughs> you know, they've seen the billboards, they've seen the locally produced television commercials. When there, you, you, you bought a, a billboard about my son? Yeah. When, what, what does the billboard doer say? What, what? It just says hateable POS. No? Question mark. <laughs> you spent money to get a billboard just saying that my son is a hateable POS? Yep. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I don't think it's unusual. Oh, you don't know. Okay. I guess not. And, and, and what are the local TV commercials? You're running ads, uh, like attack ads against my son. They're not really attack ads. They start off looking like a low budget furniture ad. Okay. For like a local furniture chain. And then okay. I, I'm talking about a, a reclining sofa uh, that has a built-in cooler. But then in the last eight seconds of the commercial, I just turn to the camera and I, and I say, your son is a hateable POS. <laughs> and then his picture comes up. <laughs> And it really kind of catches people by surprise. Yeah, it would be surprising if you're talking about like, uh, you know, the layaway options for this fine recliner. And then <laughs> you interrupt yourself. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, it's it's the talk of the town, quite honestly. I've become a little bit famous. Yeah, alive. Yeah. And, and how does uh, having some pictures of my son affect your romantic life in the bedroom? Um, well, my wife is triple pregnant. <laughs> How, 
what does triple pregnant mean and how does it happen? I get so infuriated that I, I, I triple impregnated her. Now, are the doctors calling it triplets? Technically, no, because I, I was so angry that I, I managed to uh, fertilize three different eggs. Like it really went Are up. Are they all going to come out the same age? They went up the over. Well, it just depends. It's a, it's a big mess. Cause like they're, they're fertilized eggs in different part of the body. Cause they, everything got displaced. Cause you, you smashed your wife so hard. Cause of the fury. Cause so angry. Yeah. Cause I was punching my <sighs> canvas boxing ball. Okay. Mo- most people say punching bag. I say boxing ball. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as, as any uh, super athletic boxing and MMA fan would. Yeah. Quick question um, sure. for my Christmas card. I, I sent out a picture to our, some of our friends, a picture of my daughter. What, what did you do then? How's that affected things? I, I sent a, a picture of your son out. And it you just, sent a picture of, of my son out? Yeah. To my friends list. And it just said, Merry Christmas uh, from the family. What do you think about this hateable POS? And then inside it was one of these gallery photo gallery cards and just had the same picture of him, but I just, you know, I drew a Hitler mustache on him on one and a Stalin mustache on him on the other one and a Mao, a no mustache, just, uh, I just kind of thinned out his hair and made him fatter. <laughs> Does he look like your wife now? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Without the belly table. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what about the picture of my daughter that I sent to you? How has that affected things? My, my sweet little eight-year-old daughter, we sent out, um, uh, her uh, with the dog. He he had a picture of the cat and, and she had the picture of the dog. Um, and I sent that out. Has, has that affected any, that, you know, cause you like her, don't you? Oh, well, I mean, I like her in the sense that I took that picture and I sent it to human traffickers. <laughs> no, that's people who do human trafficking for a living, not not like authorities who try and stop it. Right. No, I, I, I deliberately found human traffickers who operate out of Jalisco, uh, Mexico. And I sent it to them and I used perfect Spanish. I went to Google Translate to make sure I got everything right. And I just said, make sure she's next. <laughs> and I gave the address and her school information and everything they'd need to know. Huh. Unrelated. Uh, she's got a f- flower delivery tomorrow. Okay. In, a, in honor of uh, e- 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 only daughter's day, ODD. Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. There's a holiday for everything these days. So if you just have her uh, ready at 10 a.m. tomorrow to just answer the knock on the door and, and collect her flowers, that'd be great. Okay. Uh, yeah, Brian, thanks, man. Especially considering you're, you know. You seem to hate her so much. No, no, she's great. That began with me wanting to tell you a very brief story about my son. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Great guy. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're a fan. So um, uh, my son on Valentine's Day, now that he's nine, he's a 10 next month or, or will be if he survives whatever you have coming. Um, he's He's nine and... I guess is becoming aware of some more adult things. I don't know if it's because he now has a computer for online learning. Um, but he asked my wife on Valentine's day, mommy, are you and daddy going to have sex tonight? Oh dear. Yeah. And of course the answer is no. no. Well, yeah, it would be on 364 other days of the year. 
But this time it happened to be yes. And that's what she said. She told him the truth. Really? He could have asked any other day of the year and we, and she would have been like, you know, no, I'm going to tell your father that we will, but then I'll, you know, fall asleep or then I'll just change my mind and, you know, prove myself to be a liar, you know, whatever other truthful thing she would say to the boy, to the child. But she chose to be true on the day that we were going to do it. So she told your kid the truth and she told him the truth. Interesting. I guess, you know, okay. Now you're a child sex therapist. Do I remember that right? That you're a licensed, um, sex therapist for, um, you know, to be able to discuss things with kids. Yes. Oh, that's great. That's great. Where'd you get your license? Uh, well, I got my license, uh, from the post. The, the, um, the New York post. No, the cereal company. So they had this little promotion way back when, <laughs> when you just filled out in the back of the box. And if you uh-huh. had enough box tops, uh-huh. you could get a degree uh, of your choosing. Wow. And, you know, the more box tops, the better the degree. I, I was hoping for a doctorate, but I just couldn't eat that much raisin bran. So right. um, I'm a master's. Man, well, it's too bad with your wife eating all that sugared cereal these days. Yeah. No, it's you get a really, yeah, I could have cleaned house. I could have been a doctor. Yeah, boy, that's too bad. Well, you know, I mean, I, I would love some advice on sort of how to, to talk about the birds and the bees with, uh, kids. Yeah. Uh, and I was, so I was wondering if maybe, maybe our listeners would find that useful as well. If they have sort of a young family, um, you, you know, what sort of advice do you have for, for parents? You know, when, when is the right age to bring it up? You know, we may have, my wife may have done it too early. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's no one size fits all policy when it, when it comes to the kid. It really, each kid is different there. You know, they have different levels of maturity and different levels of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, they have different websites they're familiar with. You know, oh. your son might be familiar with Pornhub or, or xvideos.com or xnxx.com or uh, xhamster.com or pornvillage.com or uh, hottotrot.com. You know, there, there could be a variety of websites with which he's familiar or he might be completely innocent and he might mm-hmm. be still using Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I don't know about some of those other learning websites. I, I know Roblox he plays. Yeah. So it, it depends on, you know, on the question they ask you. Okay. For example, and, and there are different ways you can handle it. If you don't want to uh, continue the line of question questioning, mm-hmm. then you need to kind of cut it off at the pass and maybe, f- you know, talk about discussing it later. Kind of like uh, Jen Psaki, the, the, head of uh, communications for president Biden, you can say, sure. you know what, let's just circle around and talk about this later. Yeah. I've you know, heard that one. I'm going to look at my one. material and we'll circle back to this later. That means we, I don't have an answer for you right now. Let's kick the can down the road as it were. Uh, in my case, when my son came to me, he was actually your son's age, uh, 10 okay. years old. And he, and he said, uh, you know, daddy, do you and mommy uh, have sex? Do you, do you do it? And, uh, you know, I looked at him and I smiled and I put a bag over his head <laughs> and I turned him around 14 times and I counted out loud uh-huh. every single time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then I took the bag off his head and he was dizzy and he stumbled around his room, kind of uh-huh. fell down, got back up. And I said, if you ask me that question again, the bag goes back on and the turning never stops. 
that's that's a really good form of child abuse because you know it leaves no marks and no one would believe it well it does leave marks if they stumble out of the bedroom and then fall down the stairs yeah i guess that could happen very disoriented uh but it it does kind of end that line of questioning it it moves them on to a different subject (laughs) like daddy i'm hungry uh-huh. You know, daddy, why didn't you make breakfast? It's it's nighttime now. <laughs> daddy, what is that game you're playing? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's cyberpunk and it's glitchy. Oh, geez. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's one approach. Yeah. That's one approach. Or you can do the honest approach. Okay. Cause all right. So that you, you, you did the, the bag approach. That yeah. was your, your family's, at least for one of your sons. Now, yeah. now what's the honest approach? Well, the honest approach is like, you know, when, well, son, when a, when a mommy and a daddy love one another, um, you know, it's, it, they, they can do stuff like that. And, and sure, maybe after several years, it, it gets a little bit kind of a, <laughs> kind of a grind. And, and that's why, you know, there are apps and there are apps to, to invite three or four people over the house <laughs> uh, to, to spice things up, to make things more exciting. Cause you know, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, think about Bert and Ernie. You know, <laughs> they've been living together for so long. They know right. each other. It's kind of not exciting anymore. But what if they could invite Oscar the Grouch over and Snuffleupagus and uh, maybe Gonzo or Fozzie Bear? And, mm-hmm. and then things are more interesting, more more intimate. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happens when, when Mr. Snuffleupagus gets, gets to the room? Well, I mean, his trunk is, uh, it's a mouthful. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. So, and and that's that's, that's the the examples you use with a child. Uh, That is the Sesame Street example. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what you use with your other child. Uh, Yeah, that's what I use with the other child. Okay. And, And you established that Bert and Ernie were definitely a thing. I said that Ernie had lady parts <laughs> to make it it's more, okay. more understandable for the kid. Well, it's, it's okay that, uh, Bert and Ernie get it on. Uh, the, not according to the holy book I read. <laughs> oh, wait, which is what? The super Quran. <laughs> what? I've heard of the Quran. What's the super Quran? It's just, it's a hundred times more violent. If you thought the Quran was conservative, this is just nuts. What are some of the other rules in the super Quran? No winking. <laughs> no winking? Yeah. Oh. Do a wink, lose your dink. That's the, <laughs> it, it rhymes. There's a lot of rhymes in the super Quran. It's weird that any Quran, super or regular, would have the word dink in it, the English word dink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it traces back to the year, you know, 800. Man. What are some other, um, you know, tenants of the super Quran that, that people need to watch out for because, you know, once a, something like this is sort of introduced, it catches on like wildfire, you know, any sort of religious thing like this. Yeah. You know, what are some other things people need to be cautious of? Uh, well, they're one of the, uh, verses in there is, um, if you overeat, you're going to be beat. Muhammad was really big on portion control. <laughs> I didn't know that. It was a huge thing with him. Yeah. It didn't make it into the regular Quran, but the super Quran there's a whole chapter on portion control. Really? Cause yeah. I, I, I like the Muslim faith actually. And, and I, I didn't know this. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a huge chapter on portion control 
And, and he really gets into fine details about, you know, the, the, the number of oats you're allowed to eat, the number of berries you're allowed to pick. And the idea was, you know, there had to be enough food for everybody. So you overeat, you're going to get beat. <laughs> now, why was Muhammad rhyming so much? Uh, you know, he loved rhyming. He would say stuff like Aisha's me Geisha, you know, like, uh-huh. you know, um, he, he'd say, I'm feeling all right. You, I'm going to smite. Like there's a lot of, you know, he even, wow. even made like violent verses just sound cool. Yeah. And, and he had that one, um, that one great uh, phrase about staying faithful, uh, the, how women should stay faithful to their husbands. And, and it rhymed like heck. Do you remember what that one was? Uh, you hump another guy going to make you die. Man, it's real. <laughs> he loved rhyme. Real straight talk. Yeah, yeah we loved rhyme, and yeah. it, but and really, I'm so glad we had this sex talk. So, hey, Brian. Yep. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Right. What? What? You you're asking me what? Well, I'm trying to start a bit. If, if it's a bad time for you, no, then no, it's I, fine. Maybe I've, I won't do it. No, I blocked out this this time for podcasting. So fine, just, just give me what you come on, make it funny. Oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Now, are you familiar, Brian, with the, uh, the Snyder cut of, uh, of the, um, uh, uh, justice league movie? I am not. Okay. So, um, Zack Snyder, the, the director of the justice league movie, uh, had to sort of stop midway through shooting, I think through a, a family, um, a tragedy or something like that. He had to, he had to stop. And then, uh, uh, Joss Whedon had to come on and finish up the shoot uh, finish up the movie and then edit it. And, uh, when it came out and sucked major, major, uh, uh, balls, uh, everyone was really angry. Everyone was super excited for this movie to be good. Everyone wanted a justice league movie and it really was terrible. Just to refresh my memory. Cause of course I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about. The justice league movie yep. is superheroes. Yeah, it was, uh, so it's Batman Oh. And Superman and Wonder Woman and the Flash and maybe one or two others uh, together. Okay. You know, coming together. So that's like a, that's a big moment in cinema, right? For, for comic sure. book fans. You get all these, uh, you know, instead of these standalone movies, they all of a sudden all these characters are together. And so that's a big deal. Okay. So major people were so excited for this movie and it just, it was not good. It stunk. And everyone sort of blamed the fact that, it, that Zack Snyder wasn't able to finish his vision, right. even though Zack Snyder's terrible, um, that it, it must be because he didn't finish his vision and that if only a Snyder cut, and, and then rumors began that there was a Snyder cut yeah. that existed somewhere. Yes. And the rumors persisted so much that HBO Max said, okay, fine, we'll spend a few bucks to like let Zack Snyder re-edit the movie and shoot some new scenes or add like footage that was cut out. Right. And like, there's a Snyder cut of the justice league movie now coming out. Yes, there so is sort of like, and that's yes, of course, you know, uh-huh. and it's got me thinking, this is the beginning of a trend and you're a film buff and you, you know, all these things. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was wondering if you could tell us about some of the other special cuts that are coming out soon. Absolutely. Sure. Love to. So yeah. So there, there's the special new director's cut of, um, of Sophie's choice. Yes. So, and, 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 you know, so they're re-editing it and, and like shooting some new scenes and, and, you know, because people, even though it's kind of a beloved classic movie, um, you know, it, it, what, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to fix it and make it even better. Right. So, so what's the, 
what's the new director's cut of, of Sophie's Choice? Well, uh, she basically, it, Sophie uh, had been to a fertility clinic. So she actually has quintuplets. <laughs> and so she now has five children. And so now the, the decision's even worse, right? Because uh-huh. <laughs> she's got to pick one of the five. It's not a, a, even a, an either or. It's a one of the uh-huh. five. And so uh, she decides to to hold like a, a, what I'd call like an American Idol kind of a competition uh, where, where the children compete in singing and, and there's judges. Uh, there are special appearances by some celebrities who come in and kind of help Sophie make her choice. A uh, Gordon Ramsay celebrity chef comes in <laughs> and he's one of the judges. It's much more dramatic. There's more tension because you think, okay, this one's got a fantastic voice. This one really stumbled singing the Star Spangled Banner. Um, and, so, and so maybe, and, and, and I, I don't want to give away the ending. Please. She chooses Squeaky. <laughs> Which one is Squeaky? Squeaky is the, the number three child. Oh, and all this happens right on the train platform? Yes. So yeah. they, they empty the train and then they set up a, a stage and a platform and they fly in guests and yep, the whole nine yards yeah, right there. Yep. They have the guests there. They set up like a little table with, you know, Gordon Ramsay <laughs> and um, Emerald Lagasse, you know, that for some reason they went with a chef theme. Yeah. That's so strange to, for a, a, a basic singing competition. Yeah. For a singing competition. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And she, they, the kids put on a lovely show right there and then, and you know, it's, it's kind of who's going to go. And it, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a beautiful movie. It's a sad movie, obviously, because now there's more repercussions. Yeah. She's much more traumatized now because she's now, you know, she's had to choose one out of five. So yeah. how does this affect her when she, you know, moves back to Brooklyn, you know, and, uh, uh, and, and has to live with her guilt? How does that sort of change? It, does it magnify her guilt even more? Uh, it does. And she, she tries to soothe her pain with fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a very modern take. Yeah. I mean, she befriends Boswell, the fentanyl dealer and, um, <laughs> well, and they have, you know, they have their own adventures. Oh gosh. Um, and so they, there's more choices to be made later on in the film. Uh, wow. So it's, 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 so it's really Sophie's choices. It's Sophie's choice. Like there, there's, there's a really uh, memorable scene where they're in the supermarket and she sees, uh, there's frosted flakes mm-hmm. and then, uh, and the supermarket version, which is just uh-huh. called sh- sh- sugar chips. And so <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. like frosted flakes, sugar chips, frost. And the camera goes back and forth, frosted flakes, sugar chips, frosted flakes, sugar chips. She can't decide. And you can see, you see the tears well up in her eyes. She's not quite sure what to do. And so she actually, she gives up on that and goes for the fruit circles. <laughs> And what happens to the two boxes that she doesn't choose? Uh, they are killed. <laughs> what? <laughs> this poor woman. Yeah. I mean, you just, she, she oh. sees coming down the aisle, two Nazis and she just takes her <laughs> shopping cart and bolts out of there and goes to the self-service checkout. Uh-huh. And, and she sees the two boxes of, uh, sugar chips and frosted flakes uh, taken out in, in 1947 Brooklyn. Yep. They, there are Nazis walking around supermarkets. 
Yeah, there was a weird exchange program was part of the Marshall Plan. <laughs> it was kind of tucked in. It kind of way you, you tuck in like a, a minimum wage bill inside like a an emergency subsidy bill. Right. Yeah. Right. So it was like tucked in the Marshall Plan that allowed a bunch of Nazis to work in grocery stores in Brooklyn. Not wow. the best idea, but, you know, Brooklyn. Yeah, Brooklyn. <laughs> Uh, so there's the Pakula version of Sophie's Choice for the director, Alan J. Pakula. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that she has some adventures with Boswell yeah. or uh, Fendel dealer. Yeah. yeah. What, like, can you just give me just one very quick adventure they have? Yeah. Well, there's the, uh, they go to Coney Island, which of course has the, the coaster, the famous mm-hmm. coaster. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. And they're just about, I mean, it can be, she's terrified of roller coasters. She sure. doesn't, she doesn't like, she doesn't like anything on tracks. And uh-huh. yeah, you okay? Sure. And yeah, I'm sorry. So she's about to, peanut. Yeah, she's about to take off on the roller coaster, sitting next to Boswell. They're holding hands, and then the fentanyl kicks in, and she just falls asleep. <laughs> so it's kind of a metaphor for drugs helping her overcome her fears, right? And pain, right, right, right. Sophie's choice. Yeah. Sophie's choice. Okay. Well, boy, I can't wait to, you know, when that, when that drops, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. I can't wait to see it in the theaters. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Um, so I, you know, I know there's, um, I'm very excited about this. The, uh, the wizard of Oz. Yeah. Uh, had two directors, Victor Fleming, of course, and George Cukor. Um, but we'll call it the Fleming version yeah. of wizard of Oz is coming out. I mean, First of all, that movie came out in 1939. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to me that the director is still around to make a cut. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was one of those lucky people who uh, got trapped in an industrial freezer. <laughs> how, how fortunate. Yeah. So he was, he was an avid uh, maker of ice cream uh-huh. uh, in his spare time. <laughs> and he uh, was putting it away. And then the door closed on his industrial freezer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and right at the same time that Pablo, who was his kitchen manager, passed away. Uh, and so he froze yeah, in the right. freezer and was only discovered about 10 years ago. Gosh, you'd think that would have made the news. Yeah, it's well, it was, you know, it was a big news cycle. <laughs> and uh, and so he, he was yeah. thought out and he's I mean, you know, he was eager to to get back behind the lens as he called. Yeah, it. of course. Yeah. I mean, you know, with his two loves being uh, cinema and ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what's the, the Fleming cut of a uh, wizard of Oz? What I can't wait to hear all the, the changes that the director initially wanted to have in the movie that of course the, the rigid studio wouldn't let him have. Well, uh, it's not follow the yellow brick road. Obviously it's follow the Rocky road. <laughs> Cause there's an ice cream motif running through the film. Oh, that sounds, that sounds bad. I'm going to say first reviews are in and they're not looking good. Okay. What, what other changes can we look forward to? Um, well, uh, you know, the lollipop guild always made him a little uncomfortable. Sure. Why? He didn't like small people. <laughs> that's yeah. Okay. That's, that's the answer. Yep. And so they went the opposite route and it's the Harlem Grobe Trotters. <laughs> It's too bad you had a stroke in the middle of that joke. <laughs> you know when you're trying to say a word and then your mouth turns off? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. So the Munchkins are now a, nothing but Globetrotters. <laughs> Globetrotters. Um, yeah, that's a big change. Yeah, but literally, it's, it's much more interesting because you know the. Uh, you know, they do a lot of basketball tricks as the, you know, the Dorothy is walking down the Rocky road. Yeah. Yeah. Rocky road as, ice cream. Yeah. As the, uh, Harlemville Globetrotters. Did I say Harlemville? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. As the Harlem Globetrotters and Dorothy and Toto and the, the tin person. And, uh, cause they didn't, they, the tin person, uh, doesn't have any gender ascribed to him. <laughs> of course. If there was a tin man, there'd obviously be a metallic penis of some sort. Yep. Um, and that's so, clearly not visible. So this isn't Fleming um, uh, uh, kowtowing to today's uh, pressures. This is just something he believed all along initially is that yeah. clearly there's no genitalia here. Why are we calling him a tin man? Yeah. So Dorothy, the Harlem Globetrotters, yeah. and the regular crew are walking down the rocky road. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I guess you know. Also, more importantly, she when the house lands, there's no dead witch. Oh, because that's a big change. Why? Well, because it was seen as being uh, anti-witch, (laughs) and they were concerned that it might motivate people to throw houses on witches. (laughs) What's wrong with people? So that that is taken out, and now she's just kind of whacked on the head. Mm-hmm. She kind of stumbles off and she loses her memory and doesn't realize she's a witch. Oh. So that's why she's that way. She's still alive, but she's no longer a threat. Right. And then she like goes off to do charity work or something. Exactly. That's nice. Uh, and there's a big change uh, to the ending, to the, to the big reveal of the Wizard of Oz, though, that you say a lot of the movie sort of then stays in place, but there's the big change at the end. Yeah. Um, well, you know, she pulls the curtain open Mm-hmm. And it's two guys going at it. <laughs> Why? What does that? What does that say or show? The director had a vision mm-hmm. uh, that had been inspired partly by methadone, <laughs> and uh, and that was his vision. It's no longer a solitary old man behind a green curtain. Mm-hmm. It is two twinks. <laughs> It's a director's medium. You know, they're, they're allowed to make these changes. Yep. Man. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a jarring, that's some jarring news. Yeah. And it's, um, and it's actually, he's changed. It's, it's the wizard of Oz, but it's a W W S. Cause there's a lot of cute puppy stuff in there with Toto. Oh, okay. The wizard of Oz. All right. Fair enough. And then the last one I want to ask you about, mm. cause you're really good with this. I am. Um, classic. I can't believe they're releasing a, a, a director's cut of this, but um, a psycho. So w- what's the Hitchcock? I guess he, he cut this before he died and only now that it's popular, are they going to release it? The, what's the Hitchcock cut of psycho? Um, it's maximizing its most famous scene. Oh, okay. So the shower scene, of course. Yeah, of course. That's the part of the film that, that was got the most response from everybody. He turned the shower scene into its own independent movie. What? So she's just, she's just being stabbed for two hours. <laughs> I mean, that's a famous scene. It's yeah. one of the most famous scenes in movie history, but it's, right. really it's only about an eight second scene. Yeah. Well, he was thinking like if, if that eight seconds made this film a legend, 
you know, what happens if you make it two hours? Wow. Yeah. And so, I mean, by the end, there's really, she's, there's nothing left for her to even grab onto the shower curtain and fall down. Everything went down the drain. Man, that is, that's a lot. And then he turns to the camera and says, that's got to (laughs) hurt. So there's like a little levity to the end. That's the final moment of the movie. Yeah. So we don't even meet mother. No. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's just more of a lesson about don't steal from people. Because Janet (laughs) Lee, you know, stole and that's why she's dead. It's in the super Quran. Right. Oh, oh, so, (laughs) so we're sympathetic with Anthony Perkins. Yes. Don't steal from your employer or Anthony Perkins will destroy you. That was questionable material. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Make sure to review the podcast. Make sure to visit qmpodcast.com. 